My name is Nicholas and welcome to the What Would You Do For Love show. This is a new mini series where Kimberly and I discuss the Netflix psychological thriller, You. We're so excited. Um, as most of you guys know, if you have watched this, we are so excited to come to you today. Thanks for having me, Nick. Um, we both had this obsession when we first met and I know that we will find many other people that have this obsession as well, but we are going to be just talking about why everybody has this obsession with this guy who is like a killer, but he does it in the name of love. So it's kind of tricky. And that's why it's called, what would you do for love? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you is all about a character named Joe who essentially just what Kim really said is a cold blooded killer. Uh, but for some reason, audiences all around the world love him. And that's what we're going to discuss today um, and just briefly highlight kind of, you know, the biggest events that happened throughout season two. Season three did just come out today. So if you haven't had a chance to catch up on season one and two, uh, we're going to be talking about spoilers. And then next week, we're going to release an episode kind of highlighting all of the things that happened throughout season three. And so also just just a simple little caveat or not caveat, like add on to this, we do want to let everyone know if you are listening, um, whether it's live or if you are coming in later, we want to give a, a little bit of a content warning. We will be discussing things. This is a show that is a psychological thriller and it's about things like um, it's about murders. It's about things that include abuse in certain ways um, when you're talking about the people's back history. So if that is something that you are sensitive to, we do um, hope that you will decide what works for you. And if you want, you can go and do more research on that before listening. Um, and if you don't have any problems with that, or if you would like to continue, we welcome you to the show and we're going to dive right in. So essentially at the beginning of season two, uh, we begin with a brief overview of what happens throughout season one. Um, and it just essentially shows you kind of uh, into Joe's life and just what happened throughout the last season and how Joe is so desperate to find love and, you know, just doesn't handle love in the right way. Um, <laughs> or what so. he even knows as love. And I think that like probably comes from what he saw growing up. So should we go over that? Cause I yeah. think it's good to recap like why Joe committed his first murder and why that makes him a little bit like less scary as a person to some of the people watching. Yeah, that's definitely something that was sort of talked about throughout season one, but more addressed throughout season two. Um, so that's definitely a huge portion of why Joe acts the way that he does. And I definitely think that we should touch on that today as well. Um, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, Joe is a person who comes from a background of domestic violence in his home. And his first murder is actually protecting his mom. So that's why this aspect and this idea of love for Joe is all kinds of wacko, wackadoodle. Because for us, we as listeners and watchers, like as an audience, we also have this love affair with like, you know, you're pulling for somebody, but you don't like them, but you do like them. And like, why are we drawn to this person who's like, you know, killing people for love? But we sort of understand what that background is. 
uh, rooted in trauma, rooted in domestic violence. So that's Joe's story. And we'll get into some of that other stuff later. But we just wanted to start out like just reminding people in the recap, we do learn that Joe's idea of love is very, very skewed. If anybody hasn't watched uh, season two or season one, it's very out there. And um, throughout this process, we're going to learn that there's a lot of people who have a lot of skewed visions of what uh, love means. Yeah, no. And that's a great way that you put it. I think that it's also important for us to revisit season one a little bit briefly because a lot of the same behaviors that Joe has throughout season one are brought over to season two and I'm sure continued throughout season three as well. Um, And that's the stalking behaviors that he has. And I don't even think Joe is fully aware that the behavior that he has is bad. Um, And we see that pretty evidently throughout season one when he's stalking back essentially Um, But in his eyes, he's just trying to find out, like, you know, more about her, learn who she is, what she does, who she hangs out with. Um, But yeah, to the audience members, it's psychotic that somebody (laughs) would do that. And unfortunately, it does happen, you know, in in real life today. So it's not it's not too far off from reality, to be honest, for some people. It really isn't. Like, what's so crazy about this is that when we're watching it, it comes off as like, you know, everything's like fake. It's a movie. But at, like, if you ever, like, true crime is a huge phenomenon. Everybody has true crime podcast. And the reason there's so many people that have so much content on true crime is because it actually happens from stalking to uh, crimes of passion to people who feel like they're 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 killing for their loved one or you know a love triangle. So there actually is this phenomenon that is true crime, and that's why it's called true crime. And I think what Netflix and different you know places like Netflix and Hulu and places like that they've taken um, shows that have been either uh, taken like this one from Lifetime. Obviously, you was brought over and acquired by Netflix from Lifetime. They've taken these shows because they realize this is what people are watching. They want to see the true crime. They want to see these stories because they're sort of dumpster fire stories and you just can't believe it even happens. It's that kind of that that phrase people say, you can't make this crap up kind of thing. And um, it really is that kind of situation is that as we're watching this situation with Joe, we're watching mental, uh, mental illness. We're watching obsession. We're watching a lot of psychological uh, things go on as well. And uh, these things happen in everyday life. So uh, the thing about this show is that it's actually relatable because some people have met people that are that obsessed with people and, you know, would do anything for love. So I think as we explore the the question, as we recap, we're really going to start to understand more of the psychology of it as well. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And it, it could not be any more true to 2021, like the society that we're in today where everybody right. has Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, all the social apps. And, you know, you meet somebody online and you just all of a sudden have a genuine curiosity of like, well, I wonder where they work and what they do. And mm-hmm. then you end up down the spiral of like, you know, doing what Joe essentially was doing, which is going too far and going into the lives of like, you know, everybody around you and finding out what they're doing too, and then stalking them and showing up to their house. And there's just a lot of different behaviors that Joe exhibits that I don't really truly think he understands as bad behavior. Um, And I thought about this too, after uh, season one and season two premiered, but I was trying to find out why when you're watching the show, you have this like infatuation with Joe. 
um, almost like you don't feel like he's doing anything wrong and you feel bad for him. Like you want to have empathy towards him because Mm -hmm. like the guy wants to find love and, you know, he doesn't actually intend to be a killer, but just happens to be a killer. Um, I think also, you know, going back to the psychology again, he came from a domestic violence scenario in the show. And even as we, you know, play this out in life and I have, experience with this on a personal level, but also just in my job. When children grow up in homes where they can't control what's going on, and in Joe's, you know, fake situation that's made up for the the audience, and we find this out in season two, he can't control what goes on in his home. The only way he can control that his mother is safe, the only way he can control that his mother is not, you know, um, domestically abused is to kill his father. And he does that because he loves her. So we see that carry over into this behavior in season one and season two in that he's still seeking control. Love for him and obsession for him is if I can control the situations and the people and the scenarios around me, then I feel safe. I feel okay. And we see him spiral out when he's not in control. And that's where the murders end up. And so, yes, as you're saying, like, I don't think he's intending it. I think he's following that pattern that we see him trying to seek control so that he can be loved. And it's just going really wacko. So, yeah, no. And I honestly think that that's a great segue to talking about the events that happened throughout season two uh because there are a lot of so you know just huge spoiler alert this whole episode will be a spoiler if you're not aware we just are spoilers yeah (laughs) but um so when beck when beck dies at the end of season one uh you know the audience is kind of left on edge we we discover at the end of season one that candace is not actually dead um that she is fully alive and joe actually Mm -hmm. thought that she was dead so i think that that moment in season two when the first episode plays and you're able to go through that recap and then to see um within the first few seconds of that episode candace and joe at a restaurant in new york city having having like coffee or something Um, And she says something along the lines of like, I could have called the cops and turned you in, but I wanted to show up to like handle you myself in a, in a way. Um, And then he excused himself and moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. And in true Netflix writer fashion, they flip it again, obviously. And like, we're going to go over the murder, like the, the murder count as of right now. Okay. Like, going into season three. We're at seven people, guys. Okay. Seven people have been taken out, checked out. And what's wild is in true Netflix fashion, the the seven people, the most of them have not been killed by Joe. They've actually been taken out by love, which I just, that phrase in it, like that phrase is so like ironic and symbolic. Like, I just love saying that like most of the people were taken out by love because that's actually her name. Yeah. So yeah, four of the, the seven people have been taken out by by love. Three have been taken out by Joe. So that little s- switch right there was like amazing in itself. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're diving into the psychology today, guys. Um, we're talking about recapping season two and uh, we've just started on that journey and we're just talking about each person that sort of has been, you know, checking out because of Joe's control and also the ups and downs of this season that we want to get to before uh, you guys get into season three, because I have no doubt Netflix will not disappoint. Yes. And also too, for anybody out there that loves the show you like Kimberly and myself, um, they did announce that season four is also uh, greenlit. So uh, after season three, which is available today, 
um, then I'm excited to look forward to that as well. But I think, you know, I think season two, to be honest, was a very big uh, moment, especially in learning more about Joe. Um, after that conversation that he had with Candace and moved to Los Angeles, um, the reason he wanted to move there is because Joe hates Los Angeles and nobody would ever think to go to Los Angeles to look for Joe. Um, right. So he moves there and gets a whole new identity. Um, and he actually goes under the name of Will and he meets some guy on Craigslist and finds out that that Will, um, you know, has a, a perfect credit score. No images online are, are traceable of him. So what he does this, is he ends up. But oh, this is also just this little point, like, and I'll, we'll probably go back and forth off of each other. Yeah, like, no, that's just ahead. how Nick and I are if you guys haven't met us. One of the most funniest parts of this is on paper, the guy that Joe's trying to steal an identity for is actually perfect, guys. He's perfect. He is on paper yep. great, but he actually is the worst person that you could have stolen identity from because yeah. he owes 50 grand to this other dude that we find out about. And I'll let you get there um, because I do want to come back around to Love's first murder as well as, as like just a preface of how she got started on her journey and how all of this trauma leads to the psychological aspects with everyone. But uh -huh. yeah, let's go back to... Joe stealing someone's identity who owes 50 grand to this other it's guy. It's funny though, because there is so much to talk about. Um, and that's, I think, why we wanted to have this show. There's just so much to unpack here. So um, yeah, I mean, Joe steals Will's identity. And we think that Joe moved to Los Angeles and he's completely um, just wiped away his old past, uh, you know, because he killed Beck and a bunch of other people back in New York City. Um, so he moves to Los Angeles, starts a new job at Anavarin, which is a kind of like a Whole Foods, but it's a more high-end grocery store. Um, and they also have a book section as well. Of course. Um, which Joe, we know, loves books. <laughs> Joe started, um, Joe was actually working at a bookstore in New York City, if anybody hasn't seen season one. So that's kind of why that uh, correlates. But that's where he ends up meeting Love. And Kimberly, did you want to tell us a little bit about Love and who she is in season one? Yeah. I mean, like, like what a perfect name for like the perfectly imperfect yes. villain, right? So Love Quinn, I mean, it sounds like a star's name. It sounds like someone who's going to shake shit up on this show, and she does. So Quinn, Love Quinn comes into this, and the background to Quinn at Love, I always call her Quinn, but Love, she actually, she is actually someone who committed her first murder young as well. So the the plot twist with her is that she is Joe's new love interest, and she's also just as codependent um, with not only Joe, but with her brother. So she has a brother. Um, I love the name choices, guys. Like Netflix is yeah, killing it with the name choices. They're amazing. So Love's brother, uh, if you guys remember, is named Forty. Okay. And she is not playing around with her codependent relationship with this no. brother. She's like no. not happening I am not having anyone mess with my brother. And they have this au pair, like au pair, which is like a nanny, kind of like a, a live-in nanny. Um, she's from Spain. Her name's Sophia. Love that. And um, she has entered into this sexual relationship with 40. Now he's underage. So then when his sister sees this, she's like, uh-uh, not having it. Nope, no thanks. Um, and instead of her being like, I'm just going to tell my parents and, you know, she'll go get, you know, put in jail or something. She goes into a rage and she murders the nanny. And she feels that it would be better taken if they know that, if they think the parents think that it was done by the brother. 
in like some blackout rage. So they perpetuate that story. Forty keeps that going to protect his sister because she did this. And this goes back to that same tie because the, the, the Quinn family hears about it, plays it off as it's a suicide. And here's where we go back to that tie of what would you do for love? And in this case, Love Quinn, she actually murders the nanny out of love for her brother. So again, we have Joe committing murder for his mother at a young age and and controlling that situation in that way and seeking control in the future. And then Love doing that very same thing for her brother and seeking control and uh, like, you know, protecting people. And that's where we'll see as we go on, Nick with her murdering other people to protect herself and Joe. So this all is very tied together psychologically. Um, and then if you want, if did you want to move over, move on to Jasper, because that's how they're tied together. Yeah, no. And so Jasper comes into the mix because Jasper essentially is owed money. Um, well, it's presumed that he only owes $3,000 at this very moment in time. Um, but he owes Will Beckenheim. Uh, I believe that's his last name trying to find his last name here. Yeah. Uh, but it's like Bellingheim Beckenheim and he owes that guy $3,000. So essentially because Joe has this person's identity, um, this guy, uh, Jasper is showing up trying to get this money from Joe that he has no idea like what this money is for. Um, so right. he ends up like trying to find, you know, money. He sells a book really quickly to a bookstore to get the cash. So that way he can afford the 3000 to pay Jasper back. Um, and when he goes to give Jasper the $3,000 that he allegedly owes him, he says, where's the rest of my money? You owe me 50,000. And yeah. that's something that the real will did not make him aware of. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the bigger thing. Um, I think there's a lot that like this goes to show that like Joe doesn't actually plan a lot out. You know, there's a lot of impulse and obsessive compulsive things that go on with Joe. And also like you get love mixed into this whole mix. And um, uh, it's just a mess because there's not a lot of planning and understanding, right? He just needed to steal this guy's identity. It's actually Bettelheim. I'm not sure if we said it exactly right, but it's, his yeah. last name is Bettelheim. And so all of this is going on. And at the end of the situation, it's like when you're seeing it, you're like, okay, every single time I think that things are going to get boring, somebody comes around a corner and just switches things up. So yeah, I think that when he finds that out, it's like, oh, wait okay, I owe you this much money. Okay. Um, it's so funny too, because throughout the season, it's just Joe gets mixed in with the wrong people. And he just, it's more of the thing where you're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, you take the wrong identity. This guy looks perfect on paper, but you now like, owe 50 grand without even realizing it. Um, you get connected with a murderer who's got a codependency (laughs) with her brother. And then we get to Hendy. Yeah, this Who is, is a, not a yeah, good dude either. Yeah, so I mean, we're gonna briefly mention this in in uh, today's episode, but just so everyone is aware, uh, in real life, the actor who plays Handy has gone through some allegations himself. So uh, it's just something we're gonna like touch upon because it's important throughout the show. Um, but then, if you want to research anything that happened outside of that, um, I would do that. We're not gonna talk about that on this episode today. Yeah, feel free to to look into that yourselves. But Hendy is another character. And when I say character, I don't just mean a character. I mean, like, everybody is some wild character, right? So 
I mean, Hendy, short for Henderson, is the famous like man of the people kind of comedian. Um, But he has sort of like a secret history of abusing children kind of thing. And then he becomes Joe's second second victim in season two. And that's, again, this psychology of where we're tied to you know, being like, okay with some of these things because it's like, okay, well he killed this guy, but the guy was kind of like a really bad dude. So is it, is he that bad for like murdering this guy? And do we forget that he murdered someone else? So, you know, he feels that it's his duty to kind of protect, um, this, this girl, Ellie, which, and, and Delilah, um, that's the 15 year old sister. That's a good point too, because here's the other thing. As much as Joe is a cold blooded killer, he also doesn't hurt children he actually is very protective of children which Um, i think goes back to his childhood it does yeah and also season one i mean we saw paco who was the kid in season one um and joe was very protective of him because he uh lived at home with his mom and his mom's boyfriend who was very abusive and joe saw that and so he would bring paco home books to read so that would keep him out of trouble Um, and then they tie that back now in season two letting us know that he lived in a domestic violence home so i again am very impressed with the writer's ability to tie back these little things that happened in season one into season two in ways that we had no idea were coming. I agree. There's so many twists and turns. And I think that that side note is what captures me. Like I'm not a huge TV or movie guy, to be honest with you. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I find a series like you that captures my attention for the entire duration of when it's on, that's really rare. Um, so if you have not seen this series, I would recommend taking a, like a look at it. It's a very good, um, like Kimberly said, the writers spent a lot of time making sure that like the plots and the relationships between all the characters were done the right way. Um, and yeah, I'm personally excited to see what, what happens as we continue through season two and then also into season three, which I have not seen yet. And we're not going to talk about that today. No, but I do know. So Okay, we've we've gone through this sort of body count. We've kind of like started to to pick up who's who's who do we got left is what we're kind of showing you guys for season three. So we've gone through some different people. We've seen that, you know, we've got the backstory of love and where she had her first murder. We have Jasper who comes in. He's the guy that Joe stole the identity for. So obviously he's he ends up dead. Um, you've got Henderson who get, ends up dead because of what happened uh, with Joe because of the, the, the kids in his background. And then Delilah comes in. This is one of the most tragic deaths of one and two um, because Joe did not expect this to happen. Joe was not planning on Delilah's dying. Um, He actually had a plan for her. And I'll let you explain that, Nick, if you'd like, because he did not want her to die. He actually had a plan for her as he left that she wouldn't die. Yeah, so he was hang- he handcuffed her essentially um, inside of the cage that Joe notoriously murders people in. Um, and essentially he was just holding her there as kind of like leverage. Um, and he did have a timer on the handcuffs and he wanted Delilah to know, like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to let you out before midnight or before the timer on your handcuffs goes up. And when Joe ended up coming back to see, well, to let Delilah out, he came back to her being essentially murdered inside of the... Um, of the cage and then he goes through these flashbacks trying to like remember like wait did i like black out of like rage and did did. i like murder her he did black out 
but he didn't yeah. black out and murder her because he blacked out actually if you guys remember <laughs> he blacked out because 40 slipped like again another turn mind-blowing 40 decides we need to knock this book out we need to be super creative we need to get our like creative juices going. You know what I think will help with that? Some LSD and your drink. So he slips some LSD into Joe's drink. Just a reminder for everybody who's trying to keep up with this, this train, 40 is Love Quinn's brother. And so 40 slips the LSD into Joe's drink. And so Joe does obviously black out. Um, and so when he wakes up, he actually thinks he's the one actually who you know, murders Delilah at first. He thinks that he blacked out, like kills her. And at first that's what he believes. And then he finds out in a shocking twist, who is it? Who killed her? It was love. Of course. It was love. Like and that made me so mad. I just works to say. so well. Naming it, yeah. naming love, love works so well. It's just in the name it's of such love. a sick and twisted name when you have this like series. And this is such a weird thing to say. Again, this is all fictional. Um, it's not real. <laughs> uh, so when I'm watching the show, again, you have this like, you know, you want to feel empathy for Joe. Like, why does this man feel the way that he does? But he keeps, you know, killing people. But then when you go to love, you feel like almost no empathy for her in a way um, because you feel like she's manipulating Joe and the situation. But at the end of the day, they're really just the same person. They both yeah. want to find love so bad that they end up killing same the people background. that they care most about. Yeah, same background from killing their first person uh, to protect someone that they love. And then you find out that love actually did, you know, when we find out that love kills Delilah, you find out that she feels that she's doing it to protect Joe. So it's it's just this back and forth, like she's controlling, but then she thought she was helping Joe. And then, you know, you don't know how to feel about that because a lot of people are not going to relate to this. And I get that. And a lot of people may call us sociopaths. But you're gonna have like millions of sociopaths if you if you call us sociopaths because the thing is, is that you're just, you're pulling for people that are just trying to find their person, but they're getting caught up in all this stuff. And one person we found, we forgot to mention to go into bigger, bigger talks about is Candace. She comes in from season one yes. and there's some shocking yeah. turn of events with her too. Yeah. I mean, she, she calls love. No, you can go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, she, so calls she calls love, you know, to, to find out like what, Joe has done to Delilah. Um, and then of course, what happens? Because what does love do both symbolically and also literally as the name of the character in this, uh, this plot twist, what does she do when someone is threatening the person that she loves? She kills Candace. Yes, so the yes. person that everyone thought was gone comes back plot twist at the end of season one becomes the, um, person murdered by the love interest in season two, um, and it's like her signature move. Um, she, you know, like she kills people by, you know, cutting their throat. So, um, yeah, that's why we had to put a, a content warning on this, but yeah. Um, she justifies it obviously as doing whatever it takes to protect, protect those that she loves. So it's a tragic ending as well for Candace. Um, as we learned in, you know, season yeah. two, um, was buried alive by Joe. Um, and it is a, in season one. It's a hot mess too because another pivotal moment in season two is um, 
the book that Joe wrote essentially was the entire story of what happened with Beck. And when they were tripping on LSD in the room with Forty, Forty started to put two and two together and started to realize that Joe was the person that this book was actually written about. And when at the end of that actual episode, um, when they got out of the hotel room because they stayed there to work, um, Forty ended up having a gun on him and he was going to shoot Joe and he tried to essentially mm-hmm. expose Joe and let love know like the horrible person that that love you know is and so it it got staged and a police officer shows up and ends up killing 40 so yeah yeah it just, I mean, it's so, everything is so tragic it's this love part and then it's so tragic I mean 40 was really sad for me because he had taken this fall for this murder and protected his sister all of these years. So if, you know, he would have just said like, my sister's a little crazy and she killed the lady or whatever. Um, Maybe all of this, you know, you always, you always think about it as if it's really happening. You're like, if 40 would have turned in his sister, this would have never happened, but it's not real. So like, we know that it's been written this way. Um, But yeah, so, you know, obviously 40 holding the gun to Joe's head and all of that, we think that's going to be the fate, but then, Delilah's longtime like hookup. That's like the guy she was hooking up with, um, Officer David. He's the LAPD officer, um, and he's the one that busts in and shoots Forty. So you know they're they're very good at this plot twist situation. Just when you feel like something's going to happen. Now I never believe Joe's going to be murdered. Just we're clear. Like I'm not like ever at that place. I know that like he's the center of this. So even if it goes seven episodes, uh, seven seasons long, I'm never going to believe that he's going to die. Um, but well, you never there know. Are theory- yeah, there are theories. Like I'll just say this. Um, so the ending of season two essentially is that Love ends up pregnant. Joe was about to kill Love because I mean. At the end of the day, she's the exact same person as he is, so he doesn't want to, you know, be around her. Um, and right before Joe is about to kill her, she es- essentially tells Joe, like, I'm pregnant. And then he stops. Because mm-hmm. um, the one thing is, again, that Joe doesn't want to harm children. So that almost, in a sense, was a trap. Um, and that's really where season two uh, left off, is that they ended up moving to buy a house so that way they could raise this child together. Um, and then the last scene of season two um, is Joe walking outside to his new backyard and then looking over the fence to a woman writing in a book. So that really left us with a lot of questions. Um, and there's still a bunch of stuff that happened throughout season one and two that we don't have any answers to at all. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how the writers address all of this throughout season three, to be honest. I mean, honestly, they're nailing it so far. They're they're hitting every point and, and pulling it back. I've, what I've seen is like, so I'm really into the fan boards and what people talk about. And, you know, it's just people are like, oh, I never saw this about love. And it's like, did no one think that it was kind of suspicious that like, just to make a point, she made Joe an entire pan of like cinnamon rolls with salt instead of sugar? Like... I'm sorry, but like that in in itself should have been like red flags. Hello. Um, so we definitely knew something was up there. But like you said, there's a lot of twists and turns and things that if you haven't, if you didn't, if you kind of skipped the season or if it's been a while, you might want to go back and just re-watch all of the seasons because as as each season gets more and more connected, it becomes more and more important to know how everybody's tied together. Um, but the psychology is just 
really fascinating. So as we do this series, Nick, thank you for having me on. And I'm, I'm excited to do this with you. I really am excited to look into the psychology and how it all ties back to things that go on in the real world. One of the things that you know, you and I have talked about, and I think you can speak on this too, is the social media aspect that you said at the beginning, where people really believe that they're looking into people's lives and whatever they're looking at becomes real. So Joe is a good example of being obsessed with somebody on this very surface level of what he thinks people are actually like, but then you find out that they're super crazy behind the scenes. And I think that that actually goes on in real life too. I think that a lot of the reason some of us watch this is because we've either been through something similar, not to this level. I have not had murder behind the scenes. Like, yeah, no. please do not call me on that. <laughs> but I've had people turn out to be completely different. Like that's why there's shows called Catfish and all of that because people are, we have like, we the world is not like, like does not have its share, like um, we're not lacking sociopaths, okay? And psychopaths. So yeah, this not- show is able to be more um, relatable because of that. Um, but I feel that some of the people that you really get connected to, they just end up being kind of taken out and then we fall in love with some love. We fall in love with someone else the next season. <laughs> so I have learned not to uh, get too close to the characters because I don't know who's staying and who's going. Um, and I definitely think there's some really great things starting for us in season three. Um, I can't wait to start it today. I waited just for this um, because I wanted to go through this and kind of like see where you were and hear what you had to say. And then this weekend, I'm just going to probably, probably binge watch it. <laughs> Yeah. No, my best friends are coming over tonight. We're all going to set up uh, like shop and just watch it over here. Uh, we're really excited to watch it. And I'm just excited to see how the series will progress, to be honest. Because um, like I said, there's so much that is not answered uh, that we need to know from season one and season two. And that's a good point, too. Um, the further that you go out as far as the seasons, it really is important to know um, like how everyone is connected and like where the storyline falls. Um, Because there's a lot that happens in season two that if you don't watch season one, you're going to be a little bit confused about. Um, But I thought we might take the last 20 minutes as well and kind of just go over our last minute predictions since we haven't seen season three and just what we think will happen moving forward and like how we predict you moving forward in in that aspect. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to go pretty simple. I believe that anything that I think is going to happen is going to be completely slashed backwards and like probably <laughs> up upside down. Um, I believe that what they will probably do, this is just my theory, is that at some point um, you do kind of see signs of this as you go on. You see signs that Joe thinks that he's kind of like broken love because she killed Candace and other things. You see that like, you know, love when Joe tells, when, when Candace is begging Joe, like, please tell me that you didn't do this when she's talking about Delilah and he like admits who he is and all of that. Like love gets like sick to the point that she vomits. And you can see that like that, that bothers her. Right. Because she, I think she is like Joe was in the first, like the first series. She believes that like they have this thing. And she's protecting this thing. And then the vomiting, it seems like is like a precursor to the pregnancy. So it's like, it's a little bit foreshadowing is what it feels like. So I think you're going to have like that. And then 
who knows what they're going to do if she's going to be pregnant if it's going to she's going to they're going to I don't know how they're going to have a child in this I don't know how deep this can get and dark it can get if a child's brought into it but what I do think is that I would I'm going to call it now and I'm going to say I think at some point they're going to have love and Joe pinned against each other at some point maybe season 3 maybe season 4 but somewhere it's going to have to be one of those two you can't have both of them last till the end. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to call it now one or not one or both are not going to make it out of this. Um, but you can't have this keep going, uh, the way they're going. Um, because we can't just keep watching seasons of just people being murdered. So I think at some point they'll, they'll probably pit them against each other. We'll see how that goes. But for now, you know, they believe they're soulmates. Uh, Love believes that Joe's her soulmate. And, um, you know, I've actually met people in real life that believe people are their soulmates and would would probably kill for them. And as we've seen with true crime, have. Yeah, no, that's a very valid point. I mean, I, I can honestly see this season going one of two ways. So my first theory is that Joe is going to get rid of Love very early on. Um, Because, I mean, I just will be very transparent. I haven't even watched the trailer for season three because... Uh, the season one trailer, in my opinion, ruined the whole show. It gives away way too much information. Um, but yeah, so I think that the way that this will happen is that Joe is going to end up getting rid of love pretty quickly throughout the season. Um, again, the only reason he didn't kill her right then in that moment in season two um, is because she was pregnant. So now that they have the baby based on the photos that I saw for the promo um, for season three, there's really nothing stopping Joe from killing love. Um, and so I don't know if Joe is going to end up killing love and then taking their baby and going wherever it is that he's going to end up going. But we Um, don't know because again, Joe is obsessed with this idea of doing things differently than what his childhood was like. So again, we go back to that psychology and when someone brings a baby into the mix and you have, everything changes. So that's another thing I have sort of looked at is that Yes, maybe pre-baby, he was like, I got to take this chick out. But then he, he's like, oh, wait, this is the mother of my child. And we could have a family that I never had. There's so many different ways this could go. So I love that you're thinking he's going to kill love, take the baby. And I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe he's going to be like, I got to stay with the crazy chick. And we got to just make sure that this baby doesn't end up being the next you know, serial killer. Yeah. Um, and that so be- yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen. But I mean, I, I love our fascination with this stuff. Um, again, we've used the word love so many times, but I mean, it's just like everyone's obsession with Dexter. Um, you know, we pull for him because he's, he's doing it. Um, he's killing people for good reasons and they're supposedly bad people, but then the lying and all the other stuff puts us in these weird spots. So I think it just gives us a peek into things, but, um, definitely not a show you want to watch if you're highly paranoid or if you're wondering if, your significant other or the guy you just met on Tinder is a sociopath because you'll start looking at everybody cross-eyed. Yeah, you definitely will. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I'm excited to see what season three will bring. And I mean, another just quick theory is that love will eventually end up killing Joe and then kind of taking on that persona that we've seen throughout season one and two. I doubt that either of those theories will happen. They're probably going to like band together. Like you said at the beginning, when you have a child, like that changes your perspective on life. So, um, but I think to keep the, the show interesting, they have to add in those twists and turns. And 
um, yeah, it, I don't know. It'll be exciting, but I'm excited for both of us to see it and then also like discuss that on Fireside once we've um, both caught up to speed on that. Yeah, absolutely. So today, uh, just for anyone who may be listening, um, as we go forward, we absolutely will be having more of group discussions where we'll be bringing people up to talk about anything that you may think because we're going to go season by season. Uh, uh, episode by episode. So we wanted to keep this a short recap today so you guys can run out and binge watch season three and then show up and do the episodes with us. And we would hope that you come back. We would welcome you to. Um, I'll just be here with Nicholas each week. And I want to just say, Nicholas, I'm going to leave my part on this. I love the phrase that you said, you know, who's, let's see what happens. Love and I know you meant the person may end up killing Joe, but I'm going to actually say, I love the phrase love may end up killing Joe symbolically, like the, the overall arching theme of love may end up killing Joe. And let's see if like at the end of this, this all, you know, at the end of all of these seasons, if we have to come back around and say, Nick, you called it love killed Joe, but it may not have been the person. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm excited to see what will happen throughout season three and who knows, maybe we'll be wrong, but it, it is recorded so we can go back and check and see like what our thoughts were like back then. So, but yeah, thanks everyone for coming in today and we'll catch you on the next episode. Yeah.